Hello everybody, welcome once again. As we continue on in our study uh, of the New Testament, it's actually going to be a study of the entire Bible, but we started with the New Testament because that was a good place to start, as good as any. And uh, we are, this is 194 studies in, in the New Testament, and we we have you know, a couple of years left to get the New Testament done. And uh, and then we'll hop into the Old Testament, and I, that'll take 15 years-ish. So uh, it, it might take a little a little long, but it's okay. We've got nothing but time till Jesus comes back. That's what I always say. So, uh, uh, so get ready for lots of pasta for the next 20 years on Wednesday night. <sighs> I feel I really thought about how much pasta that was you could eat over the next 20 years. That's a, that's a bunch, man. Anyway. Um, we have been working through, we, we started with the Gospels, we did, then we did the book of Acts, and, and springing out of the book of Acts and the missionary journeys of Paul, we decided we'd do Paul's letters next, because it tied together, and uh, the important part of doing this kind of study is keeping things in context, because that helps us to understand what's going on, and it, uh, how, we need, how we can um, understand what was being written so that we can better understand how it applies today in our lives. And uh, Paul wrote letters to the new churches primarily, um, and they had a lot of issues because it was a brand new thing, the church was, and there was a lot of questions. And Paul, on his missionary journey, started churches, and then he usually was, you know, moved along by people that didn't care for him so much. And so he had to respond back to the churches and their issues by encouraging them and, and giving them direction and, and uh um, and we're fortunate that those were done in the form of letters because we have them today. And uh, we can see what the church is supposed to look like. And they had a lot of the same issues we have now. Uh, and um, those issues haven't changed really in a couple thousand years. So um, his advice on how we're supposed to handle them is very helpful. And, and it lets us see how the, you know, the culture has always tried to influence, uh, in a, in a, usually in a bad way, what the church is supposed to do. And how we need to understand what truth is so that we can uh, live it out in our lives. And that's our attempt. And um, as we've come now to these, these uh, letters to Timothy and to Titus, um, it's, it's Paul really talking uh, about um, life, the Christian life. And, and not just knowledge, but the practical applications of what it means to be a, a follower of Christ. And um, in, in this letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy, this, this letter was written around 67 or 67 AD. Uh, the three or four years have passed since the first letter to Timothy. Um, and this was a very difficult time in the, uh, in the life of the early church. Um, that be, because throughout the Roman Empire, the church was coming under um, intense persecution. You know, initially the church was being persecuted by um, the, uh, the synagogues and the, and the, 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 the Jewish um, uh, people, as the, and they're saying that, you know, that they, they had rejected Jesus. And now the persecution is coming pretty much full on from the government, um, the Roman government at the time. This uh, primarily is because of the emperor at the time, Nero, uh, had started a fire in Rome and burnt the whole place down. It had gotten out of hand pretty quickly and he needed a scapegoat and so he decided to make it the church and he blamed this fire on the church. Um, that really uh, took down um, 
significant parts of Rome. And, and so he, see, he, he shifted the blame from himself to church and uh, to the church and then began this, this uh, huge uh, persecution against them which spread throughout the entire Roman Empire, the entire known world at the time. And so this was a very difficult time in the life of the church. Uh, people were, uh, if you were involved in the church, you were considered an outcast socially. Um, except obviously in the church, but everywhere else in society. Um, there was public torture that took place and murders uh, of believers. This was a horrendous time in the life of the church. And, um, and Second Timothy are, is the last letter that we have from Paul. We're going to read uh, Titus next, but he wrote that before he actually wrote this one. But I just thought we'd do the Timothys together. So... Um, um, when you when you when you when we read through these chapters over the next month, um, what you'll be taking in are the last letters that we know that Paul actually wrote, and it's sort of his final advice. It's uh, he talks about being poured out. Um, he gets that his time is you know he's run his course, and that uh, uh, in the waves of persecution that that um, he's pretty much done. But he's he's reaching out, encouraging to Timothy to keep pressing on, to keep moving forward. Uh, in his calling and in what he's doing. So um, each time that we read over the next month, remember that these are pretty much the last recorded the words that we have from the Apostle Paul. Second Timothy chapter 1, 18 verses. I'll be reading out of the NIV. You can follow along in whatever translation you, you have, if you have your Bibles, or um, on the handouts you can follow along there. Or you can just listen to me as I read. All of those are viable options. Second Timothy 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiph, Onesiph, I'm sorry, 
Anisiphorus. I get them confused with Anisimus sometimes. It's Anisiphorus. Because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Okay, 18 verses, some neat stuff, as always, as we read through these writings. Um, uh, in the first verse, Paul says something that I, I think is cool. The promise of the life that is in Christ. The promise of the life that is in Christ. And, and this is really what we've been talking about on our weekends. A now and forever full and abundant life. A life that our adversary tries to steal away from us with tricks and lies. An amazing life where, where holy God sees us in the perfection of his son and allows us to access the most holy place 24-7. And, and even when we're going through difficult times, we have this amazing confidence of knowing that the best is yet to come. See, this is the concept and the idea of now and forever life. The, the promise of life in Christ. Um, this world can be a difficult place to live. Most of you have experienced that. It can be an awesome place to live. Um, but there's a lot of hard stuff here that we have to deal with. Um, there's, there's loss that we have to deal with. There's struggles that we have to deal with. There's... Um, a sickness that, that sometimes we have to deal with. There's, there's things that happen to us that we would rather not have happen. And, and just taken in themselves, they can, they can put us in a spot where we, we, we begin to miss out on the life that we're called to. But in the understanding that, that um, no matter what we go through here, we've got something better coming. And there's something about figuring that out that makes this better, that makes the now better. There's just something about grabbing a hold of the concept of who we are in Christ. There's something about understanding that, that no matter what difficulties we might face, that because of the cross, because of what Jesus has done, we have a life that goes beyond what we could ever expect. Because we, we don't need to be um, caught and trapped in a perspective that this is all there is. And so, so that allows us then to um, get our perspective on, on the full and abundant life, the now and forever life, which then frees us up to experience the kind of life that we really should lead now. And so it's all sort of tied together. It's, it's um, unknowing that God is with us, that, that we can trust him, that he'll, he'll get us through, that he, he meets us um, in the midst of whatever we're going through. He, he's there for us, and we don't need to be overwhelmed. We, we don't need to um, think that, you know, well, it's never, nothing's going to be any good. It, it is, and those, those other thoughts are, again, the, the tricks and the traps and the deceptions of the evil one who wants to steal life away. And we just, we just can't allow him to do it. We have a promise, the promise of life in Christ. It's, it's an amazing promise. 
And, and so think about Paul writing as he writes. We, he's back in prison again. It's not under house arrest anymore either. He's gotten out of that and he's back in prison again. And, and not because of all the persecution going on. It's not the, the, the good, you know, hey, I get to rent a house and call it house arrest. I mean, he's going through it. Chins. Things that happen. Things just happen. And it's okay. But, but just keep your focus on Jesus and that promise, okay? The promise of life in Christ. Verses 2 through 5. Once again, this letter is written to Timothy. Um, Timothy, as you know, had accompanied Paul on the second and third missionary journeys. And Paul had uh, then sent him to Ephesus to oversee the church there. Um, and um, he, he, Paul considers Timothy a son in the faith. Timothy's had a strong Christian influence, we find out, from his mother and grandmother, who had been early converts under Paul's ministry in their home city of Leicester. We, we saw that in Acts 16, 1 through 5. It's, uh, let me read it to you. He came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewess and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who live in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. So Timothy and Paul have had this relationship for some time. Paul's been his, his mentor and uh, has been taking care of him and uh, equipping him and encouraging him and growing him up. And uh, I just think it's uh, impactful to know that he's writing now um, as he kind of thinks he, he, you know, his ministry's probably over, and he's writing to him to make sure that he stays strong in what he's doing. Verses 6 through 8. Paul encourages Timothy to have courage in difficult times, and also to put in practice the, the gifts that God has given him for ministry. And, and so we need to remember that too. God has gifted all of us, and, and we need to... Um, Keep pressing on in those things, even when things get tough. Uh, you know, because God's going to use them, and will continue to use them. And, and we need to be aware of that. And we all need to remember 2 Timothy 1.7. This is one of those verses you should know. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. I actually memorized this one myself in the New King James. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That's one of those verses you should be able to pull up at uh, whenever you need it. Um, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Because fear is one of the enemy's favorite tactics. We talked about that. We'll be talking about that this weekend. And, and there's a promise. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. And so um, he reminds Timothy. Because the, the church is being persecuted everywhere. The temptation can often be... Um, because of fear that you stop doing what you're called to do. And yet Paul's telling Timothy, don't do that. It's all going to work out. Even if you end up like me and end up in jail for the cause, it's still going to be worth it because God's going to meet you there. So just have courage. Just stay strong. Just keep doing what's been put in you to do and keep your eyes on Jesus. In verses 9 and 10, our summary basically of the good news, the gospel message, um, you guys know what that is, but, but you know, just as a reminder, the, the, the gospel message is that all of us have sinned, and we've, we've fallen short of the glory of God. Our sin has 
caused an issue between us and a perfect and holy God. And, and the, this chasm existed because of sin, this, this separation. God, perfect, holy God, can't be in the presence of, of imperfection of sin. And as soon as we've sinned, we're a mess. And, and that's where we're at because we've all sinned and this issue created. We, we try oftentimes in our own strength um, as people to, to just think we think we can get back to God by being good enough, but it doesn't fix the problem because you, even once you've not been, once you've sinned, you've, you're sinned. You're a sinner. You can't, you can't unsin. Um, so you're stuck. You can't be good enough. You can't work your way back. But God was aware of that. The gospel message is this, that he came. Uh, and, and Jesus came, fully God and fully man, and entered the world. Lived a perfect sinless life among us. Lived without sin. Born in a spectacular, miraculous way. Um, and and um, lived a perfect life among us. Demonstrated what life was all about for us. And then um, willingly went to the cross on our behalf where he gave uh, his perfect sinless life in exchange for all our mess and it was a sacrifice that that covered our mess forever and and he he um, defeated uh, resurrected and ascended into heaven and and now God sees us in the perfection of his son all our our part is just to accept what's been done for us that's our part we can't earn it can't do any things. We just have to believe it and accept it. And as we do, then God sees us in Christ and the, the gap is fixed because of what Jesus has done on the cross. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's, that's what we're here to tell people. That's what it's all about. That's why we, we exist, um, is that, uh, that we have this message, this life-giving message. We have a very real adversary who doesn't want people to know it and, and who tries to steal it away from the, the very life that we've been given and yet um, this is the heart and the soul and the truth of the gospel. And, and so and we're the ones entrusted with the message. That's, that's what we do. And we do that by loving people well, the best that we can, by living this life the best that we can and, and asking God to give us opportunities to slowly but surely um, share that message with people. Um, and, and you know it's there's a, there's, a, there's a way to it that God will open your, your heart to as you listen and give you opportunities to share that message. We're people who will receive it. And uh, so it's a wonderful thing. Then uh, 12 through 18. Even as Paul knows he's, he's ending the end of his own journey, he encourages Timothy to keep pressing in, pressing on in Jesus, that God would be with him, that God would give him everything he needed to fulfill the calling and the purpose that God has for his life, and that God is faithful and can be trusted. And that's the heart, that's the reality of it all. That God is faithful, he can be trusted. Even when things aren't going the way we want, even in difficult situations, God is faithful, and he can be trusted. And so we, we fix our eyes on him, and we live this thing out for him, and that's where we find life. So that's how Second Timothy starts, and um, we'll, we'll dig more into it in the weeks to come, and uh, it's going to be a good study. I'm looking forward to it. But that's where we'll end for today. If you're watching on television or by video, thank you so much for spending your time with us. We appreciate it very much. We know how valuable your time is. Uh, if you're ever on Big Pine, come and hang out with us if you would. We'd love to see you here. If you need prayer, go to our website at keysvenue.com. Find the prayer page. Um, send, us a, send us your prayer request and we'll pray for you. And other than that, we'll see you soon.